Logical Progression, Year 3, Chapter 10, Lesson 3. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik ya rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good to see you all here, mashaAllah. At this not very social time, but alhamdulillah. Al-Huda always, mashaAllah, represents. It's good to see all the sisters and the brothers, mashaAllah, tabarakallah. And of course, we always thank our partners, Al-Huda, for their excellent hospitality. Um, and uh, mashaAllah, great work in the community. Bifadlillah. It's another beautiful day here today, alhamdulillah. I think I bought the good weather, right? Sah? Because it's horrible last couple of days, sah? Before. So I've been here one day, it was beautiful. Tuesday was beautiful. Today, beautiful, mashaAllah. I'm warning you, I'm leaving, I think, Thursday night. So when the rain comes, you know what happens, huh? So you get it now. Right, so um, what, we'll have, what we'll do is that we'll have our normal session and then we'll have an extended uh, Q&A, the Q&A session itself, um, as is our norm whenever we do the roadshow, will be extended to outside the topic, um, uh, not just on the topic of a TMM. And I think the guys can, can watch in online, that's not a problem at all. I said it was interesting, um, last week, if you remember, we did a, uh, a poll to see what your opinions were on um, the actual, uh, what's it called, the, um, uh, can they hear? Yeah. Um, what the uh, opinions were on what to do with Kitab al-Hayyab, yeah? the uh, book of menstruation and so on and so forth, i.e. whatever is remaining at the end of this year, what to do with that? What's rem what's, uh, what is remaining from the book or the chapter of purification, Kitab al-Tahara? So there's two big major issues there. There's the removal of filth and there is Hayyad, uh, uh, the book of menstruation. So these are two quite big chapters. I mean, the Hayyad is a big chapter. And if you remember, we said that there were a number of options. We could just carry on as per normal and it would probably take us a good you know, at least a year probably, another on Kitab al-Tahara. Whereas myself, um, I had this uh, uh, opinion. Is it, uh, is it, is the, uh, the volume is working? Yeah. yeah. Definite? Definitely? They can definitely hear? Yeah, they can So, um, so there, there was a few options, right? Um, we either continue as per normal, no? Okay, I see. Right, okay. Um, sorry, I think I created an echo because uh, we had the, uh, the a couple of microphones on. But now I think we only have one on, right? Um, oh, right, that's the way we're doing it, yeah. Take that off mute. Is that okay now? Yeah? Take it. So... Um, we had the option of either doing that entire chapter as per normal or we consider doing a, an LP one, one day or two day, like intensive, to basically try and get the bulk of the material done. It was slightly condensed, massively. I mean, obviously, if it was one day version, then it would be. And if it was two day, then it would be not so condensed. 
And in that way, what we could do then, inshallah, is to actually start then for the new year, probably, I don't know, what, Octoberish time or something like that. Um, we could start Kitab al-Salah. If we start Kitab al-Salah, I think it will be a whole different kind of uh, feel. It's a buzz, you know, to get through Tahara. I mean, to be honest, to be honest, once you've been doing something for a couple of years, it starts to then drag you down. And you start to think, God, we're still doing Tahara. I mean, that's not the right, that's not the right attitude, of course. We are now three years doing Tahara, wudu and ghusl and water and cleaning and so on. And, you might, you, and it gets to you, it gets to you because you start thinking, you know, how long are we going to carry on doing this for? I mean, we don't help ourselves by only doing an hour a week. Obviously, that's the real reason. If we were doing it properly and uh, studying it, you know, full time proper, every day or something like that, then it wouldn't take so long. But that's just the, you know, the, the circumstances that we have. In any case, we had a couple of hundred responses and I'm still going to keep it open. The email was sent last week. Last week? No, yesterday. Sorry, yesterday. The email was sent yesterday and there's been a few hundred responses so far that I've seen and they're pretty much even um, except that the two-day version intensive is in the lead by about 20%. So the others, like, you know, there's like 50, 60, whatever for the continuous normal, 50, 60 odd for uh, do it as a one day. And then it seems that the majority are with two day. So I just want to let you know that um, I would appreciate as much uh, feedback as possible. So if you are obviously registered on the system, you need to be registered. It takes 10 seconds to register. Just go to logicalprogression.org and then you're in and uh, then just put your votes in. Um, and you get the email on there as well. Another couple of things, you know obviously the, t the clock has changed and so we are now an hour forward. Uh, yeah, and so therefore the, that, that's why it's so late today uh, for everyone. It's nine o'clock in the UK and it's four o'clock here obviously and uh, in uh, the rest of the world it's in different times. Now these times over the next one or two weeks will be, not, it will be changing because they're linked to Salatul Maghrib. All right, it's being done straight after Salat al-Maghrib in the UK. So on the actual forum, you can see the exact time it is in your local area. And then you've got, you've got, you've got the, 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 what's it called, the countdown timer as well to give you an idea too. But there is a, a little link there on this in your email and on the portal as well that shows you exactly what time the lesson is going to be. We will go back to our normal 3 o'clock local, 8 o'clock UK time, I think in a couple of weeks time. A couple of weeks time, okay? Uh, that's the next part. The other part is, is that we did a, a nice little quiz. There's a, um, a, a quiz that's been put together by the team and it's covering wudu and so on. And um, it's well worth you taking it. I mean, it's just a bit of fun, quote unquote, yeah, meaning that it's not, not, to be, take, not meant to be taken too seriously and do a little bit of revision for it and take it. It's in the exam section right there and it's a really nice uh, system. So you can, the questions there, you answer it and they will give you what the actual answer is. You can see, you know, what, uh, whether you got it right or wrong. All right. Um, the next thing I was going to say is that I made a little miscalculation. I didn't realize. I just got back to my room um, just, well, less than an hour ago. And I forgot. I didn't realize that the notes, the English notes had run out. So I haven't had time to actually translate and give them to you. But I'll quote it now for today's lesson. And then for next week's lesson, you'll have the rest of the chapter's English notes. But for now... I'm going to read the Arabic for today's lesson and give you like an off-the-cuff English translation that will, will provide us for this lesson, uh, insha'Allah. So in the Arabic, um, we, we basically, 
Um, I mean, we still have one sentence left of the English uh, of the previous lesson, which is, let me uh, find, uh, let me find a good place to start. Actually, let me read it from the beginning. That, that makes uh, the Arabic from the, from the beginning, then it makes more sense. So from yesterday's, uh, from last week's lesson, okay, I have it here, that's much easier. باب التيمم وهو بدل طهارة الماء إذا دخل وقت فريضة أو أبيحت نافلة وعدم الماء أو زاد على ثمنه كثيرة أو ثمن يعجزه أو خاف باستعماله أو طلبه ضرر يعني ضرر بدني بدنه أو رفيقه أو حرمته أو ماله بعطش أو مرض أو حلاك ونحوه شرع التيمم so in English, the chapter of tayammum, the chapter of dry ablution. Uh, tayammum is legislated as a replacement for purification by water when the following conditions have been achieved. Number one, the time for something obligatory has entered. Number two, something supererogatory becomes permitted. Number three, when there is no water. Number four, if the price of water has significantly increased. Number five, one cannot afford water. Number six, one fears by using that water or searching for it that A, they will suffer harm to themselves, B, harm to his companions, C, harm to those in his care, or D, or harm to his wealth. And that harm, that could be whether that all be by thirst, or sickness, or some other form of destruction. Or some other form of destruction. So I want to just give, give a quick, uh, uh, let me finish off uh, uh, this particular section. And then we know what we're doing. So first of all, what did we say? That uh, purification by water, normal wudu, normal ghusl, that's the asal, that's the basic position that we do as Muslims to purify ourselves. But if we can't do that for some reason, now, um, i.e. Uh, lack of water or some kind of problem, then we replace it. The replacement is called tiyamum. It's a complete and utter replacement. And this tiyamum, according to the Hanbalis, will only uh, be allowed in, the con in five uh, uh, times, when five things happen, in five conditions. The first two, as I've explained now in both last lessons, okay, and I'm not going to explain again, are specific only to the Hanbali Madhab, and they're not the class position. I.e., when the time for something obligatory has entered, and when something which is nafal, supererogatory, when that itself becomes permitted. These two are technical statements which only the Hanbali Madhab holds, because we consider, as the majority do, that um, tayammum itself is something which actually is a complete replacement for purification. But if you don't hold that opinion, if you don't believe that tayammum itself does not actually purify you, but it only actually allows an act of ibadah, so if you only believe that tayammum is like the key that allows you to pray, or the key that allows you to uh, read Qur'an, if you hold that position like the Hanbalis do, then you have to have the, the first two conditions. You can only make tayammum when the obligatory time has started. You can only make tayammum when something which is uh, nafal action is allowed. But because, as I said, we don't hold that opinion, we don't consider it to be a mubiyah, which is what it's technically rephrased as, we consider, no, that it is a raf'ul al-hadath, that tayammum is exactly like water. If you don't have water and you do tayammum, it lifts the state of, of impurity from you, that ritual impurity. So you become pure. So once you make that one tayammum, you can do everything. You can do a tayammum anytime, just like you do wudu. 
Just like us packs do it the first thing in the morning and make it last all day. Huh? Alright? Same thing. Alright? You could make your tiyamam in the morning and you don't need to do any wudu all through the day. You can do your fajr, you can do your dhuhr, you can read your Quran, you can go to work, come back, whatever. No need for you to do anything extra. That's the position of the class. So one, point one and two is taken out of the equation. So number three, the condition is no, there is no water. We spoke about that, if there's no water. Number four, if the water's price has gone up significantly, significantly, now uh, we said that the word significant is something which is down to culture. So according to whatever the people believe that a significant increase has occurred, like if you add 30, 40 cents, you know, 50 pence, a pound, a dollar, it's not a massive, massive increase. Like if it's doubled in price, or it is like three times in price, or five times in price, then this is not acceptable. And we said that Sheikh Al-Uthameen, alayhi rahmatullah, he actually considered that this is not acceptable, meaning that uh, even if it's gone up by price and you have the money, this is what his position was, if you have the money, you have to pay for it. If you have the money with you, like you have $10 in your pocket and the bottle is $10, all right, you have to spend that $10 upon that, on that bottle. I said to you that my position is that that's not the case. That this uh, money is not to be wasted on something where the value is not representative of that water. Okay? And therefore, if the water is only 50 cents normally, 50 pence normally, then you just, that's all it should be worth and you do not have to pay for that. And Sheikh Uthameen's position is what it is. And, you know, uh, uh, and that's, uh, of course, a difference between the, main, the major scholars, not just between me and Sheikh Uthameen. This, of course, this is a well-known uh, uh, discussion. Um, and the next point was, um, uh, 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 sorry, I said five, isn't it? There are six things. The fifth thing is one, if one cannot afford water. And that does not mean anything to do with the price of water. So one cannot afford water is very different from the, the price of the water being too expensive. So water could be 50 cents, but you have no money. If you have no money, or you only have 10 cents left, or you only have enough uh, money for food, then you're not going to spend it all upon water. So there's a big difference there. Okay, so um, that's that point. The next point is, um, if by using the water you're going to fear any kind of harm. Okay, now harm we're going to do in this lesson. What actually is the definition of harm? But, let's, but the way that the author, he puts it in his order, is that he defines who the harm should occur to. Then he talks about what the harm actually is. So he says that harm, whether you harm yourself by using it, so that's now the body itself, so that's harming yourself, or your group that you're with, your companions, or those who are under your responsibility, like your family, your wife, and so on, or a harm to his wealth. And last week I told you what a harm to his wealth is. A harm to your wealth is that classic scenario where, um, uh, classically, the scenario would be you have animals, yes, and a, a, a flock of animals, and they have water, all right, and you don't have water, and you take their water to make wudu. But you taking their water means that they won't be able to then drink their water, which they would then either starve or get sick or get destroyed. Your crops, likewise, for example, it's a very, very dry period of time and they need some water that, they, that you have for them or the crops, then we don't want to, ah, let me just make, use the water, make my wudu, and the crops then will get destroyed, the livelihood is all destroyed, the crops, the, 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 the flock is destroyed. This is not yani, in line with the sharia. So, or the maqasid al-sharia, the objectives of sharia. So here, you would not use uh, the water, leave the water for the plants or the water for the animals or the water for the needy 
protect your wealth, protect your investment, and you would make tayammum. Is that, is that clear? That is when there is a physical harm. The other harm would be when you're searching for the water. And that's why he said uh, one fears by using it or searching for it. Isti'mal, we made it clear. As for searching, maybe you have to go very, very far to find it, or maybe you might take a risk. It's like very uh, dangerous outside, maybe to go and get the water. Could be a war zone, for example. It could be many, many different things. You know, all kinds of possible options. All of these are on the table, but one does not have to harm themselves in order to get it. So, just to finish off this particular chapter, um, we are now, yes, we have arrived at the statement on page 380, yani that this darar is Atash is thirst, Atash means someone who is thirsty, Atash is thirst, and marad is of course, you know, maraz, yeah, we know that, mariz, yeah, like sickness, illness, and halak, okay, halak is, is a word which has been kind of thrown in to cover the, the, the basically the rest, destruction. Yani halak means yani at, uh, yani completely uh, something getting messed up. Doesn't mean death, but it means something getting messed up. So let's just quick look at it then. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 thirst is straightforward. Yani some, a per, and I think this is probably the most important out of all of this list because I think culturally, especially as packs, right? When we probably think about what's gonna uh, be the reason we're gonna use water. You probably think you're going to be dying first, yes, before you're allowed to make tayammum, right? Whereas the, the statement of atash is just uh, thirst, okay? I mean, you're not dying. If you get thirsty, you can say, I'm thirsty, with, uh, thirsty all the time in Ramadan, isn't it? Yes, yet we make it out to the end of the day. Well, actually being thirsty, being under discomfort, such a lack of water, is actually a reason for a person to be uh, uh, using, uh, not using the water that they've got and saving it for their uh, drink and make tiyamum. Now, obviously, obviously, there's got to be some responsibility, personal responsibility, when it comes to having a ruling like this. You can't just say, I book again, just, you know, I'll just have this water and I'll just, you know, uh, uh, cover my kind of hunger for a little while, my thirst for a little while, and uh, just, you know, make tiyamum for fun. You can't, you know, one little bit of dryness and say, that's okay. And it's only just some spit or something, and it, Take it easy for a little while, calm down, whatever. What, get, get yourself to a position where you can sort yourself out. Yeah, and don't take liberties. That's what I want to say. Uh, the Sharia is being flexible, but it's not there for you to play it like a, like a game. Yeah? So that's something I think which is important. Um, so, and that, of course, applies to all of the aforementioned uh, categories. Yourself, your hurma, your rafiq, your mal, your wealth. Okay? And marab is obviously a very large word. It could be, for example, um, well, the obvious example is skin conditions, okay? So skin conditions is the obvious area where if you were to use water, you'd get harmed. An open wound that you've not been able to uh, get covered. Or the covering for the wound, the bandage, is water sensitive. It's not waterproof, for example, and it will become soggy, etc. And that's going to be under, under doctor's advice. If the doctor basically says to you, this is what it is, then so on. Now, also, marab will stretch to more than just a physical wound. It will also stretch to physical ability as well. So, for example, if a person's paralyzed, or a person cannot yani, uh, reach down to wash their feet at all, and um, 
they cannot you know, move freely and lift up their hands and so on and so forth. It's very, very difficult. And they don't have someone to make wudu for them. So remember, if there's someone to make wudu, then they have to use, they have to make wudu. Okay, if there's someone else to make wudu, then they would wash their face for them, yani, uh, uh, all of their parts for them, the body, with the water. All right? But if they can't and there's no one there, then we can prepare for them some uh, uh, dirt or dust, and that's going to, of course, come later in the chapter, and they will do it themselves. So but I just want you to know that harm or, or maraz or marad does not just mean your physical big skin hole or wound or cut or gash. It could mean some other physical problem that that person is going through. That that person is going through. Um, and the only other destruction could be of any type. I mean, Sheikh Uthameen here gives the example of someone dying of thirst. I mean, it could be any other thing that you fear, okay? Or any other thing that they fear, any other situation which they fear. Basically, Sheikh Uthameen, he says, listen, you know what, I can, I can summarize this whole second uh, condition of using, uh, 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 the using of water, uh, the, sorry, the, the, the using of, uh, of making tayammum. We can say, when it is impossible to use water. So the first condition would be the absence of water. And the second would be impossible to use present water. What, what, what would this be if you were to summarize it into a sentence? The second condition then is that one is impossible to use water either because one cannot find it or because of harm that will be caused by using it or looking for it. That's it. That's it. That's all he says. Keeps it nice and simple. So the second condition for using actual water, uh, I keep saying that, <laughs> to use not use water to do tayammum is if there will be some kind of problem while using it or searching for it. That's it. Shuri'a at tayammum. Tayammum then will be legislated. Now, just want to quickly mention something here about this word. I mentioned this in last week's lesson about the order of translation. That uh, in the Arabic, shuri'a at tayammum has been put right at the um, end in the Arabic, but we put it right at the beginning in the English because of the flow of translation, right? And Sheikh Uthameen wants to make a point. He says, Shuri'a jawabu idha fi qawlihi idha dakhala wa idha ta'akhar al-jawab wa taal al-shart bil ma'atufat alayhi fa'inda al-ballagheen yanbaghi i'adat al-aamil liyatadih al-ma'ana lakinnahu law a'ada al-shart huna la'ada al-amru kamahu now, actually, what Sheikh Uthameen says here is one of the, the real reasons why we change the order. Okay? Basically, Sheikh Uthameen says is that, you know, when you start talking about a subject and there's so many conditions and so much detail in between, and the actual statement that you want to make, i.e. that tayammum is legislated, comes right at the very end of the paragraph, he goes that it's becoming of the author to repeat the actual thing itself, tayammum itself, almost to remind ourselves what we're actually talking about. Right? 
So that's why Tayammum, so the chapter was a chapter of Tayammum. So your mind's already about Tayammum. And then he says saying, it is this, it is this, it is this, it is this, it is this. Then it is legislated. But instead of saying it is legislated, he says, Shuri'a at-tayammum. Tayammum is legislated. Now, that is a, a, a matter of balagha. Balagha meaning Arabic rhetoric, Arabic uh, poetry, uh, not poetry, yani the style of using of the Arabic language in its many, many beautiful ways in order to make a point better, more beautiful, more articulate, more eloquent, more expressive, etc. This entire art is called balagha. And actually, it is from the balagha of the English language, okay, it's from the balagha of the English language that we don't translate it linguistically exactly like the Arabic. And we said, tayammum is legislated at the beginning, and da 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 list it down. So I just want you to make that point that Sheikh Muthamin also uh, comments upon that. And, and then just to finish off, وَقَوْلِهِ شُرِعَ أَيْ وَجِبَ لَمَا تَجِبُ لَهُ الطَّحَارَ بِالْمَاكَ الصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَحَبَّ يعني basically again, he's saying it is something which is legislated fully, properly in the religion. It's not some kind of, you know, cheap, kind of fatwa, this is a proper Qur'anic yani principle, it is part of our law and it's done and dusted. So that is the first Arabic paragraph and it's English and then uh, I will read out now the next Arabic paragraph and it's English translation. So two points, the first question uh, 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 Fayaz says is uh, is tayammum uh, uh, legislated if water is available, but if you're going to go and find it, by the time that you find it, the uh, time for the prayer will have run out, okay? This is actually coming later, okay? It's coming later and it's coming in detail. But just to get the job done now, the answer is yes. Though if because this is basically the exact definition of lack of water. Because the idea of, of presence of water is that it is, because otherwise, there's no such thing as lack of water then. Because you could search for it for the next, you know, one month, you will find water. So lack of water has to have a definable kind of parameter. And that is that I can't be searching for water for the rest of my life. So it's got to be, you know, for this uh, current and present prayer time. So that would be included. So those are the two points I want to make. Right, okay. Any other questions on what we've done so far? Yeah. That's what's coming right now. And the question is, is that if you've got enough water to do everything, okay, the whole wudu and just yani to get down to the feet, you don't have enough water. What happens? That's exactly the next yani, two sentences. Right, so let's um, uh, read that in the Arabic. Uh, Sheikh, uh, the Mu'allif, Imam, Imam al-Hajjawi, alayhi rahmatullah, he says, وَمَنْ وَجَدَ مَا أَنْ يَكْفِي بَعْضَ طُهْرِهِ تَيَمُّمْ بَعْدَ إِسْتِعْمَالِهِ ومن جرح تيمم له وغصل الباقي ويجب طلب الماء في رحله وقربه بدلالة بدلالة. So the translation of this, just يعني in a rough way, would be um, let's have a look here. Um, so whoever finds water that is sufficient for part of his purification makes tayammum after using it. So roughly, whoever finds water, don't make this your complete set of notes because 
I haven't, I'm not releasing this particular set. Next week you'll have it proper, but this is just like me writing on the phone in the thingy, okay? Whoever finds water which is sufficient for part of his purification, then makes tayammum after using it. So for the rest of the body parts, basically. Whoever has a wound makes tayammum for it and washes the remaining. It is required though for him to seek water from his traveling companions, the local area, and using indicators, and using indicators. We should roughly get to the end of this taqriban, okay, in today's lesson. Maybe not the very last sentence. Okay, let's look at what's going on. So now we're in this scenario where uh, Basically that whoever has enough water, which is yakfi, which is kafi, okay, enough for ba'um, with a bad, okay, which means some or a part of their tuhr, which is their purification. So, the, so the, the reason why tuhr has been used is because it will encompass wudu and ghusl. Yes, it's not only saying, yeah, he could have said ba'ad wudu'ihi or ba'ad ghuslihi, he could have said both. But actually he said tuhr to encompass the entire chapter. Tuhr means purification. So that means his mustahab wudu, his obligatory wudu. Mustahab wudu means he already has wudu and he wants to do it again for the act of, you know, we covered that before. And the obligatory wudu is that he has to, he's, you know, he's broken wudu for whatever reason, he has to make wudu. And then you've got ghusl which could be mustahab and you've got uh, recommended. And then you've got ghusl which could be for a reason, like for Jumu'ah, and that's not necessarily obligatory, which we'll come to, you know, later. And then you've got ghusl which is absolutely obligatory, like from Janaba. okay? So the word tuhr applies to all of them. And so it's easy then, the, the, you know, you don't need to kind of uh, get into complicated uh, discussion separating. So the point is, if you have water, according to the Hanbali Madhab, that only does part of your washing, whatever that washing is, then you make up tayammum, you make up the rest with tayammum. So let's look at this claim, okay? Sheikh Uthameen says that, um, Sheikh Uthameen says that the Mu'allif, the Imam, the author, his biggest point that he's made in this statement is the concept that one can combine between two forms of purification. Alright? And that's a big claim. It's a big claim. Basically, and why is, it, it's a, why is it a big claim and why is it a controversial claim? Because one is meant to be the asal and the other one's meant to be the replacement. So, you know when you think about it, a replacement means you do something in the absence of the first. So if you're doing the replacement along with the first, how is it a replacement? Make sense? So that's the controversy around the concept. Can you use both at the same time? Let's have a look at this. So, So Shaykh Uthameen says, for example, there's a guy who's making wudu and he's got enough water to wash his face and his, um, his uh, uh, hands, meaning his arms, okay? So he has to use the water first. So he would use his, uh, wash his hands, yes, wash his nose maybe, wash his face, and wash his hands, his arms, okay? So what's got left? Wiping of the head and washing of the feet, yes? So, So he wash all of this and then he will make tayammum for the rest. He will make tayammum 
for the rest. And why would you use the water first? Which brings its own problems, of course, because your hands are now wet. We're going to come to this point in an issue, okay? The reason that you would use the water first to do that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He goes, the reason you do it is to actually make it confirm that you genuinely don't have water. Otherwise you have water, don't you? If you don't use the water, then you have water. How do you know what's enough, what's not enough? So according to the Hanbalis, you would have to use the water and now the water runs out and you're now still hanging. So basically, you need to now obviously do the rest now with a genuine lack of water now. That's the reason uh, why it is done in this manner. What's the evidences for this? The evidence is, number one, The statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Taghabun verse number 16, and fear Allah as much as you can. Fear Allah as much as you can. What did you do? You had water, I made wudu, the water ran out, what else am I meant to do? Okay, I'm going to make tayammum. That would be the application of the verse, فَاتَّقُوا مَسْتَطَعَتُمْ And then the second evidence for doing this, i.e. for using tayammum after the water has run out, is the statement of the Prophet The famous hadith that if I command, this is Bukhari Muslim, if I command you to do something, then do, of, do as much as you can of it. If I command you to do something, then do as much as you can of it. Or, linguist, or linguistically translated, then do it as much as you can. I don't know if there's a difference. Is there a difference between the two? Is there a difference between the two? Then do it as much as you can, and do as much as you can of it. It's not the same, huh? So we've got it is and it isn't. So girls, put the argument forward. Do as much of that single action versus do the action many times. Which translation leads to which? If I command you to do something, then do it as much as you can. That is the point you're saying, repeating the original action. If I command you to do something, do of it as much as... No, what was that one? What did I even say? Do it as much as you can. Do as much as you can of it. Actually, both are wrong, isn't it? Both are the same. Both are, both are the same. In tra- they're not? Both actually, do of, do of it as much as you can, also fits into what you said, which is, do of it as much as you can, could actually mean do it 100% and do it again, again, again. It does still mean that. Do of it as much as you can. Sah? Yeah, it doesn't negate the fact that you could do it all and then do it again and again and again and again, but you get tired after five times. Do of it as much as you can. I think. So I think both translations are wrong. Do it as much as you can. Do it as much as you can. Also could mean do the thing and then do it again and then do it again. No?
as I think is as much as you can do. I need to think about this. Go on, yes. Okay, let me do this again. So the Arabic. Ida amartukum. I'll I'll translate it bit by bit, like you know, linguistically. Ida amartukum. If I command you, be amrin, concerning an issue. Fatu, come with it. Fatu, bring it. Minhu, mustata'atum. Bring it or come with it or come <laughs> with with minhu mustata'atum from it as much as you can that's the linguistic obviously it doesn't work like that yeah so if i command you to do something then come to me with as much as you can of it but even that doesn't work as most of you are able As much as you are able, I, I, I'm, what I'm hearing is the is the I'm not hearing something which negates the do it and then repeating. Complete of it as much as you can. That's closer, isn't it? Complete of it as much as you can. No, no, not at all. That's a really good question. The question is, does the Arabic itself? Does the hadith itself give the option of being both? Okay? Now the reason that that's not the case, I'm so clear in my mind, is that this hadith is like a fatwa position. It's like a durura position. And one is not meant to be in a normative repetitive scenario. This is the kind of hadith that you use in a, in a one-off scenario. Complete of it, whatever you can. Yes, that's the, that, that's what the second translation is. What we want to get out of the English. Then do it. That that uh, that allows for repetition. We don't want that. <laughs> what's that? What's that? Do whatever of it you can. Do whatever of it you can. Yeah, I think that's the one. Do whatever of it you can. If I command you to do something, do whatever of it you can. I like that. Well done. If I command you to do something, do whatever of it you can. Good. Make sure you write that down because I've forgotten what it is already. <laughs> if I command you to do something, do whatever of it you can. That's it. Make sure you memorize that and memorize it and it's all done. This is the hadith narrated by Al-Bukhari Kitab Al-I'tisam. Kitab Al-I'tisam, very interesting where Bukhari put this hadith. The, the hadith of clinging to the sunnah. Babul iqtida' bi sunani Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa The chapter of uh, following the sunan, the ways of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hadith number 7288. Whereas Muslim, he put it in the kitab of Hajj. Okay? He put this book, in, he put this hadith in kitab al-Hajj. 
باب فرض الحج مرة في العمر. He put it in the book of Hajj chapter, the uh, doing of Hajj at least once in one's lifetime. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, so that's good. So, Shaykh Uthameen then he continues. He goes, فَنَحْنُ مَأْمُرُونَ بِغَصْلِ الْأَعْضَاءِ So we have been commanded to wash the uh, limbs, okay? So we have washed our faces and we have washed our hands and the water has run out. And so we fear Allah with respect to this action and we make tayammum for the remaining two obligations. The mas of the rats, the wiping of the head and the washing of the uh, feet. What tayammum, uh, 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 that, that tayammum is entirely the taqwa of Allah. That is the actual definition of the verse. That's what Shaykh Khitamin says. That tayammum that you do, that is the taqwa of Allah and it covers those two actions. Just so that you're clear by the way, because I have seen people doing this, tayammum does not mean that you then wipe that area. Yes, with dust. Does that make sense? So if it was like, I don't know, if it was like a cut on your, just below your elbow, like a huge gaping kind of thing. Because we've already said, well we haven't really said, I still have to, it's still, it's still coming actually how to do tayammum. But let's just say that you know that tayammum is just striking and just the hands and the face, okay? They might think that if my water is not going to go here, then it is the wiping here, right? Does that make sense? Yeah? But that's not the case. When I say tayammum covers the rest of the actions, it's just the act itself which covers the wiping and the washing of the feet. Okay? But that will become clearer later on. That will become cl clearer later, later on. Anyway, so is that clear for what the humbly position is? What's the humbly position? If your water runs out, then you make up the rest of the actions with tayammum. وَقَالَ بَعْدُ الْعُلَمَاءِ Shaykh Uthameen says, some of the scholars, they said, لَا يَجْمَعُ بَيْنَ طَحَارَةُ الْمَاءِ وَطَحَارَةُ التَّيَمُّمْ There is no combining between the purification using water and purification using tayammum. You can't combine between the two. In fact, in fact, he says, بَلْ إِذَا كَانَ الْمَاءِ يَكْفِي لِنِسْفِ الْأَعْضَاءِ فَأَكْثَرْ فَإِنَّهُ يَسْتَعْمِلُ بِلَا تَيَمُّمْ وَإِذَا كَانَ يَكْفِي لِأَقَلِّ مِنَ النِّسْفِ فَلَا يَسْتَعْمِلُ الْمَاءِ بَلْ يَتَيَمَّمَ فَقَدْ Interesting, strange statement. That either A, the water is going to be sufficient for more than half of the limbs that you need to wash. If the water that you have is enough for more than half of the limbs, you use it and the rest is then covered. That's it. Or the second scenario, the water that you have is only enough for less than half of the limbs. Okay, let's try and divide it up. What do we need to do? Wash our hands and we'll do a rain check on the mouth and nose. Let's just say, you know, forget that. Okay, so um, wash our hands face, two arms, head nothing really, and then feet. So let's say that we have enough water to basically do f uh, hands, uh, face and arms. I would say that's more than half. Would you agree? Yes? I, I think that, you know, I never thought of halving the wudu, but if we're going to half the wudu, that's how you'd half it. Or that's more than a half anyway. So in this case, you would not do anything, the rest of it. And this is, this is, فَأْتُوا 
يعني come with what was the translation we gave? <laughs> do of it whatever you can and that's what we did right we did of it whatever we could basically we used all the water as much as possible nothing else left that's a taqwa of Allah I took it to its last drop that's why Sheikh Uthameen he made a real big point in the last point of saying that tayammum is the taqwa of Allah now the taqwa of Allah would be the fact that you despaired that the water did not finish off the rest of the limbs but there didn't need to be anything else further done that's the taqwa of Allah this is interesting and then the second part he says he goes if the water is less so let's say that the water only washes the hands and the uh, face then you've got the arms left head and the feet then this is obviously not enough and to be honest that water would have to be something like this much like a tiny amount of water yes because you know yeah it have to be tiny amount so if you have only this tiny amount you don't even start the wudu it's not enough to get even halfway so you make tayammum alright now he goes and this is what I said to you at the beginning why did this opinion even come into fruition why do we even have this opinion because because it is the combination of the asl and the replacement and how can you have a combination of something which is meant to be replacing the original it then it's no longer called the replacement so this is a contradiction it's like a paradox yes therefore doesn't make any sense he also said he also said that um, another reason that they give another illa that they give for their action that the basic principle in sharia is that we always give precedence to the majority so to, to that which yani, um, can get the most of the job done so if the limbs that can be washed are more than what is not washed then there's no need for tayammum because this is the principle in sharia and if it's the opposite then tayammum has to come into it he goes the scholars responded to this argument so this is the first group now okay responding to the second group they said they said that the problem that you have is that you're seeing it in the wrong way. You're seeing the purification as one entire part. We're not. We are seeing that the washed limbs are their own purification and that the unwashed limbs is his own purification. So tayammum is being used on behalf of the unwashed purification, uh, the, the unwashed limbs. So it's not actually the combination of two purifications in an act of worship. Is two separate acts of worship. It's two separate purifications. It's not the combination of two purifications in two modes of purification in one purification. No, it's two purifications with two modes of purification. Does that make sense? No. Yes. Yeah? No. Say yes, Yara. It made sense, isn't it? I think it made sense. I think it made sense. Let me give you. And so therefore if you look at it like, like this if you see that that the first purification was everything that washed something as an act of purification and then everything which is now remaining unwashed that is a second act of purification 
then we use for the first act of purification a purifier of water and for the second act of purification we use the purifier of dust so we have two purifying forms and two separate acts we do not have a combination of the asl and the replacement in a single act of purification it's a quality black that okay it's as good a black as I've heard that's like how you really wing it okay so uh, uh, and so yes بل هو شبيح بالمسألة الخفين من بعض الوجوه لأنك غسلت الأعضاء التي this is another classic line he goes you can see a different way you can see it like uh, almost similar to when you wipe over your socks or your shoes when you wipe over your socks and your shoes this is as poor a statement as I've heard by the way but this is like you wash everything and then you wipe over your socks or your shoes so you, there was washing and there was wiping so according to them they're basically splitting the two acts of purification into a washing and a wiping at the end which honestly it opens up so many problems to try and use the argument that it's just best not to go there you know that was just a mistake even to open that door anyway anyway uh, and some other scholars said um, he goes he just uses the water for whatever يعني, as much as he uh, uses and basically he's saying that the one should just use the water regardless it doesn't matter about whether it's the most or the not or the what and whatever it covers it covers whatever it doesn't cover it doesn't cover and that is because tahara cannot be divided tahara cannot be divided it is a complete act of worship and so therefore he just does what he can does that, does that make sense yeah just that this third opinion what Shaykh Uthameen's position? He goes, والصواب, The correct position, المؤلف, What the author has gone for. وسلم, he goes that I support what the author has said, that one basically will make the, uh, the, the uh, wudu or whatever it is, and then will follow up with the, the tayammum. And I think that it can be supported by the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, in which he told the person who had been afflicted by a wound that يتيمم, يعني he, he had a problem he, and the Prophet وسلم, said about him that it would have been sufficient for him just to make tayammum and that he would have um, uh, 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 dressed his, band, his wound he would have dressed his wound because he died as a result of the water coming onto the wound because you know Miskini was told you know you gotta wash it you gotta you know you gotta deal with it he didn't know Miskin died so obviously Prophet said it would have been sufficient for him to make tiyammum he should have just covered his wound and then that would have been the mas that could have happened upon it and then he could have washed the rest of his body so you see the fact that Prophet is actually saying that there's two things that should have happened in the entire act of purification this is this is not this is not uh, the issue of tiyammum yeah, 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 but the hadith not only mentions washing, but I also want to make it clear that this is obviously not tayammum. This is al-mas'h, which we covered in the chapter of wiping, chapter of wudu. That's yani, when we are talking about a particular area which has got bandage, yani, yeah? and that's not yani, something for tayammum. We need to, you need to go back and revise that, because that was one year of pain, yeah? and not one year yani, of repetition right now, or even one minute of repetition right now. So, the Prophet said, 
ويعصب عليه على جرحه خرقة ثم يمسح عليها ويغسل ويغسل سائر جسده. So he would put يعني something on it. The khirqa is like the cloth, okay, uh, like a bandage. Wipe over it, wash the rest of his body. And this hadith has been, uh, let's remind ourselves of the uh, authenticity. And actually the, the hadith is authentic, but the location, it is page 244, narrated by Imam Abu Dawood in the chapter of purification. In the chapter of purification. And it was authenticated by Ibn Sakan and Ibn Mulaqin. And um, Ibn Hajar, he said that this hadith has been narrated by Abu Dawood with a chain which has weakness. And there is a difference of opinion over its narrators. It has a, uh, it is, um, and Imam al-Nawawi did not consider it to be authentic. And Imam al-Bayhaqi said this hadith is not very strong. This hadith is not very strong. Yet this is a hadith, of course, which the fuqaha all used unrestrictedly. And we've already discussed that, the use of the fuqaha of hadith, which they consider to be part and parcel of the urf and the fiqh of the people. Actually, that concept about how the people understand something is coming up now um, as well. So, Nabi Sallallahu the Prophet clear here, clearly here combined between the purification of wiping and the purification of washing. And so therefore we go with Shaykh Uthameen's position. And even though in this, in this matter, but يعني, we will go with the class position um, of that one, if they are running out of water, they will use the water as much as they can and then they will make a tayammum for the remainder. Now, now let's now look at يعني, some practical uh, uh, application or scenario of what could happen in a scenario where they have a wound. So whoever has got a wound, what did we say about this? Did we translate this? Yeah. So whoever has a wound makes tayammum for it and washes the remaining. So whoever has a wound will make tayammum for it and wash the remaining. So someone in his limbs has a wound. And by a wound, Sheikh Tamim means something which will be harmed by water. Because there can be many wounds that got no, you know, a bruise, for example, or something else. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Sheikh Tamim reminds us here, of course, the wiping or the, the, the making of tayammum, sorry, for a bruise has nothing to do with the availability of water. Yeah? I mean, Normally, tayammum is done if there's no water, isn't it? But here, our wiping, our making tayammum has nothing to do whether we have enough water or not. It's to do with harm, just to keep our minds focused. Yeah? It's because we're about to harm our body, so therefore we make tayammum instead. It doesn't matter if there's lots of water or lack of water or, or something like that. Now, he says, if we look at what the author says, tayammama lahu he goes, if this is wudu, if we are making wudu, then what's very important is that tayammum occurs right at the moment that that limb is being washed. So for example, if the, the, it's the entire left arm, like let's say along this entire like forearm, okay? Then you cannot make the tayammum before. You'd wash your hands, 
You'd wash your mouth, nose, wash your face, wash your right arm, and then you would do tayammum. Okay? And then you would then wash the rest of the body. You'd, you know, you'd wipe your head and so on. And the reason for that is because as we know, as all the scholars say, all of the madahib say, in wudu, we have two things which are, which are uh, a condition. What are they? In tartib, meaning in order, yeah? In sequence and no delay. Excellent. Al-Muwala, yani no delay. Why is the no delay part important? Because actually what you could do is to make tayammum like before you come to the actual like bathroom. You could go out to the garden, for example, and make your tayammum. Like you could say, right, I need to go make wudu. And I've got this big wound now, so I'm going to go out to the garden first because I can't be going back and forth, back and forth. I go, I'll make my tayammum, and then, you know. So what might happen is that you, you, you go out there, you know, you roll up your sleeves, you get yourself ready, you make your tayammum, you better go inside, neighbor comes out for a little chit-chat, what's happening, this, that, blah de blah and then instead of like, you know, it being a one-minute job, it takes 20 minutes, she wants to know about this, she wants to know about that, blah, blah, blah. Then you go back inside, and you're going to make wudu. The other 20 minutes has gone by. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it's not like a continuous action, is it? So, mawala, meaning the continuity, meaning that the act itself is seen like a complete kind of sequence, has not occurred, has not been achieved. As for the order, order is also obligatory. So there can be no gaps, no big time lapses, and there has to be in order. So therefore, the washing of the, the sorry, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the making of tayammum, or the covering for the injured part, has to occur within the act of wudu, in its right place. However, question, what do you think about for um, ghusl? Who remembers what we did about four or five weeks ago, or three weeks ago? In a ghusl, we covered that the humbly position is that there is no tartib. There's no condition of tartib. It's a very simple kind of act. It's just yani, effectively getting yourself you know, wet with the intention. After the intention, there is no specific requirement for order of you know, wudu, putting water over the head, uh, washing the right hand side, etc., etc. If you was to, as I said, you know, and jump into the swimming pool, we say, Bismillah, you know, ghusl for janaba, ghusl for jumaa, or whatever, whatnot. You have to take your hand away, let a bit of water go in here and, and stuff. But that's it, job done. Now, obviously, if you jump in, you can't say, you know, let me jump in with my right arm like that and, you know, do some kind of body popping move yani, as you go into the water. You're just going to bow straight in. Everything's going to get soaked in one go. So you can't get some kind of order. So obviously, they believe that there is no uh, 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 order. According to the, 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 the author, that if he was making ghusl for janaba, for example, for sexual impurity, it would not matter that this person could actually make the tayammum for the wound before the ghusl, or after it immediately, or yani after it by a long time. Because al-muwala and al-tartib is not something which is a condition. هذا هو المذهب. This is a position of the Hanbali school. لأنهم يرون أن الغسل لا يشترط له ترتيب ولا موالا فلو بدأ بغسل أعلى أعلى بدنه أو أسفله أو وسطه صحة. يعني this of course is the Hanbali position 
because they do not consider it to be a order, an, an obligation to maintain order whilst washing yourself. So therefore, you could actually start washing your feet first or the middle part of your body first and the body top part later or the exact opposite. It wouldn't matter. All of it is accepted. That's the evidence. You see, they're saying that there is no evidence to say it has to be top, bottom, you know, or right to the left. Not in an obligatory manner anyway. What's the evidence for this position? Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِن كُنْتُمْ جُنُوبًا فَطَّهَّرُوا We covered this a couple of weeks ago. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you are in a state of janaba, what do you do? What do you do? What does it, what does it say? Purify yourself. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in the wudu? Wash your face, wash your ears, that's that, down, wipe, then... Yani, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't forget order when he talked about this, you know what I'm saying? We said again, we remind you again, that whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the Qur'an, whenever he speaks in the Qur'an, maybe, maybe in my opinion, as a student of Qur'an, and someone who, you know, started from the beginning to the end, the most important lesson I ever learned about the Qur'an is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgets nothing. That's my number one advice to all students, okay? The first lesson, and it's not an obvious one, by the way. That's why it took me time to realize the importance of this lesson. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgets nothing. Meaning every single thing is there for a reason. So you don't understand what you do understand. The gap, the missing thing that you thought is missing. Or the order you think, why didn't you mention? No, no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forget anything. That. So when here, just before it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the order for what wudu should be. And therefore it's clear that wudu should be in order. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just says, if you're in state of junub, فَطَهَّرُوا then purify yourself with the water, then you know that there's no condition for al-mu'ala or tartib, order, etc., etc. Um, and uh, and uh, as Sheikh Uthameen says, this, this statement therefore allows a person to start from the beginning, from the top, from the bottom, etc., etc., etc. And this is what Sheikh says here. He goes, so therefore, if, as I said to you, that if the, the wound is in the hand, then he has to wash his face first, then he makes tayammum, then he wipes his head, then he washes his feet. I already said that, yeah? Lift this wudu. He goes, وَهُنَا يَجِبُ <laughs> This is the really awkward part. And this is why we're going to see a different position for the class. He goes, of course, if you're going to follow this position, you've got to keep with you a towel. You have to have a towel. Yes? Because, because, حَتَّى يعني so that you can dry your face and your hand because it is a condition that the turab, the dirt, lahu ghubar, that has dust. So if you got wet hands, then you kill the dust. You see what I'm saying? You actually go against the, the, the asal of the tiyammum. So if you are doing yani, this tiyammum, uh, part, part kind of scenario, then you're going to have to wash your, you're going to have to basically dry your hands before you hit the earth. Okay? وَإِذَا كَانَ عَلَى وَجْهِكَ مَا فَتَيَمُّمُ لَا يَسُحْ يعني if you have water on your face and you wipe your face with the ghubar, the tayammum is invalidated. It's not يعني void. It's not يعني correct. It's not correct. And some of the scholars, he says, وَقَالَ بَعْضُ الْعُلَمَاءِ And this is my position. From the from the you know the longest time, and alhamdulillah, um, he goes and some of the scholars they said Actually, there is no condition for tartib or continuity or an, any gap issues. 
no conditions whatsoever. There are none of these conditions. Just like yani, if you are in a state of Janaba and need to make ghusl, then same for the small one as well. Now this is the interesting statement. Maybe the gem of the day. In this position now, wudu with a problem like a wound does now no longer have order and continuity. So I do not need to worry about it like I do not need to worry about it for having a bath, for hadith al-akbar. Therefore, I can make tayammum before I start the bath or I can have the bath and miss the point that's a problem and then make tayammum after it for the missed part or afterwards as well by a long time. And he goes, this has been the action of the common people today and forever and ever. That's like what the common people do. Never have the common people ever like been seen, whatever their understanding of the issue or even their misunderstanding of the issue, never have you seen them halfway through wudu, get a towel, dry their hands and all the rest of it, okay, and try to put yanidu tayammum in between. But rather it's seen that tayammum is the cover and the washing is on the rest of it. And he goes, this is what the action of the people is, has been. He goes, this is the correct position and this is what was chosen by al-muwaffaq. Okay, al-muwaffaq is who? Who is Al-Muwaffaq? Al-Muwaffaq, of course, is Ibn Qudama Al-Maqdisi, the author of Al-Mughni, okay? And Al-Majd, who is Al-Majd? The? Correct. Majd Ibn Taymiyyah, meaning the grandfather of Ibn Taymiyyah, who is the humbly master in the, in the Taymiyyan family, okay? He is Al-Mu'atamad, he is the Madhab far more than his grandson. Even though his grandson, of course, is very good at Hanbali fiqh, but Al-Majd is the marja', is the, is the asl when it comes to the Hanbali madhab and positions. Was Shaykhul Islam Ibn Taymiyyah as well. Ibn Taymiyyah himself as well, this is his position. That a person does not need to maintain order with respect to the uh, uh, wudu and tayammum in that kind of scenario if he has some kind of problem. I hope that that made sense insha'Allah and that will be sufficient for today let's open up for some questions and um, where's uh, Zaid and then give Zaid a shout as well see what Shazad's saying online because I can't see him on uh, this uh, thingy magic I'm not even connected to be honest is that the Adhan for Asr? is it Asr start time? Huh? that is it huh? alright questions any questions on this current one although we, we pretty much covered a lot of the questions along the way didn't we to be honest yeah uh, what's the Shazad saying? Are you saying anything? Kuch. What about Isha? What time is Isha there? Isha has started already. What do you mean going to the masjid? Say Qasim. Cheeky guy. I hope he's recorded it, Yara. I don't understand. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand what's going on there. But anyway, any questions? Regardless, we're still here online, so it doesn't matter about what's happening over there. But actually, just contact him. Tell him, tell him when do we stop and how do we stop and we're, you know, what's going on. Any questions on Tiyamam itself? Or yani, what we've covered so far? Yes. That's right. Um, at the beginning, at the beginning, 
we mentioned the uh, the reasons, the Sharia reasons and the conditions for tayammum. So it is inclusive of the Hanbalis give a number of, of reasons for it. But according to our class position, it is the lack of water and it is the inability to buy water and it is the harm that is caused if one buys water which is too expensive and it is the causing of harm to oneself and it is the causing of harm to a number of those that are around you, those who are accompanying you, those who are under your care, your own wealth, your flock for example, your crops that will be harmed if you use their water. All of these are ilal reasons to use, to do tiyamum. Yeah. It's a really good question that, isn't it? Yeah? The question basically is, is that obviously people, they use a lot of water, waste a lot of water in their wudu and so on. And we all know that the amount of water which is wasted maybe is sufficient for many, many wudu and not yani, uh, 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 and, and a sprinkle of water, tiny small amount as we showed before, um, is something which is possible to make wudu with. Um, so what is, what, what, how, can we, how, how can we ask the question? What would the question be after making that statement? Is tayammum based upon a small amount of water? What, what, what do you think the question is? Because, it, because I would put forward to you that there is no question. What you've said is a sad point, but there's no question. Because we've already said that whatever the water was, you would use it, and then you would make tayammum for the remainder. No, we didn't go with that, you see. That was the position of the second uh, school, right? They said that you look at the amount of water, is it going to cover more than half of the limbs or is it going to cover less than half of the limbs? And so therefore you make a judgment call on it. If it's going to cover less, so like you said, you see a small amount, then you make tiyam for the entire act. That was the second position, which we didn't take. Yes, small amount. No, I mean, obviously, obviously, it would apply on a case-by-case uh, a -case basis. The ruling is not based upon, if a person's never, I mean, it's a shame that a person can't do it, right, with a small amount of water, but there are some people, because they've never been taught to or trained. So if you're, or your entire life, the only thing you know is standing in front of the, you know, you know, then that's obviously, you know, what, what you understand. Whereas if you've been in, in, in the hood, you know what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> been around the block and you know the score, then you can do it with us with half a bottle, whatever it was that we did. No, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think it would be sinful, no. It would be judged upon what it is. Obviously, a person would need to be, you know, if there's someone around and someone, you know, uh, advising them, then it's something different, telling them. Yeah, yeah. What's the what, sorry? For, uh, and if you are in a state of Janaba, then uh, make a purification. Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse 6. Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse 6. Yeah, yes. And you can't you, uh, move at all? Then someone else will come and they will make the wudu for you. If you are unable to physically make the wudu, like paralyzed, then the person who is with you will, will do it for you. If there's no one with you and you cannot move, then you will pray exactly as you are. You don't need to even need to make wudu. 
If you are physically paralyzed, you can't move at all, and you don't have someone else to come for you, then this is the exact definition of fattakullaha mastata'atum. You want to pray, and you know that to pray requires wudu, you cannot make wudu. The taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is the entire wudu. Do you understand? The taqwa of Allah, you know, like Shaykh Uthameen, the way he formulated his argument, very important to make a definition of what taqwa of Allah means. So that will, dif- that will differ each time in every scenario. Yeah, it will differ each time. Yeah, so here a person would just, you know, make the intention that I try to purify myself, I can't, and I'm going to pray now in my current state, and, you know, astaghfirullah, and that's it. And it will be accepted, fully accepted. Yes? Yes. Yes. So what you're saying is that <laughs> what you're saying is that if you are in a plane, um, and obviously the toilets being the disaster that they are, and you know you're trying to make wudu, you're saying that there's an opinion that I held about what you can do. Right. Yeah. No. No. Uh, uh, the <laughs> The uh, wudu that I'm talking about does not mean anything, it has nothing to do with tiyamum. Oh, right, right, right. No, no. One minute wudu basically means using exactly that amount of water and and, uh, washing just the obligatory parts. And washing means, um, and that's that's why we did the video, to to show it. That to try and make people understand what the difference is between wiping and washing. You see, wiping, for example, okay, because people in their minds, they think that to wash means to have lots of water uh, go and, you know, lots of lather and lots of this and that, whatever. And that's not what washing is. Washing is simply the running of water or the ability of water to fall off the skin or the movement of water on the skin by itself. Whereas wiping would be a wet hand that you would wipe and the water is not self-moving in itself. It is literally not covering the entire area. There's a very big def- difference between wiping and washing a very small amount. So washing is actually making everything wet. So the idea of the one minute or whatever in a plane was to minimize everything. Minimize, for example, the cleaning of the nose, the washing of everything only once, and the, uh, the uh, yani, you know, it's a nightmare, bro. Don't even try to hook it up in the in the in the, the, the disabled toilet or the normal toilet or the baby changing toilet. It's all a disaster. It's all a disaster. And to get your foot in that sink is an even bigger disaster. And back in the day, I used to I used to I used to be really skillful at that. Now I'm old man. Now I can't do that. Now it's in a toilet. <laughs> Make sure you flush it first, Danny. Don't Danny do don't do a champion best, Danny. You know. Flush a good couple of times, make sure there's no splashback behavior. You're taking us back to year one now, man. Splashbacks. <laughs> oh my goodness, me. Huh? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't say dunk it in a bloody toilet. Come on, man. Come on, man. Honestly, Solange. Honestly, Solange. You kill it, man. And anyway, the, 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 the toilet airplane doesn't even have any water. What kind of airplane are you using? Are you using your private jet, yeah? Huh? That has the only little bit of water in the thingy. You know, subhanAllah, I told you guys, isn't it, that if you remember from year one, the big difference between toilets. In the UK, we don't have the very high, wa- high you know, uh, whatever it is, water level, okay? Which has its own pluses and it has its own negatives. You know what I'm saying? And then we've got our own pluses and negatives. 
I think, I think, Allahu Ta'ala A'lam, my kind of opinion is shifting towards the Canadian-American one. I think that that could be the more Sunnah-based one. Still not sure, not convinced, yeah, I'm in the middle of my research. Yes. <laughs> what? Can I get burgers? <laughs> was it a random bakwas? Was that, Yara? What? What are we talking about? Where the burgers come from? Haji. Who is the? Oh, yes, yes. Sure. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. There is no need for what we call like the second position here, which was that what we'll do is that we'll use the water uh, or, uh, uh, or make an assessment of the water. Yani, there's no need to have to make a judgment that's not natural. And the natural is that people understand. Yes? People are not liberty takers. They're not silly. They look at the snow, for example, and they say, I can do this, okay? Or they say, I can't do this. You know what I'm saying? They don't need to have to go and get evidence and go and get a doctor's yani check or whatever, whatnot, and have a you know, full analysis of one's health done and the genome yani read and <laughs> whatever, whatnot, you know? So it's a general understanding, yeah, I can deal with this and you know. And to be honest, most people can handle the cold in a normative scenario. And when it's very, very cold and you don't have the ability to dry, then of course it's something which is far difficult. And making wudu is a lot easier than having to make ghusl, for example, etc., etc., etc. If you remember the snow one, uh, actually I remember doing the, 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 the snow one here, actually, how to make wudu with snow. And it was snowing when I was doing it in Saga, I think in year, the first year. The most important thing, of course, is that you make it turn into water. So there is, a, there is an intrinsic level of cold as well. I say that because if it's so cold that it's not melting on your skin, that's one reason for not to be using it. Make sense? Yeah? There has to be some in intrinsic body warmth for it to melt so that the water can run down. Otherwise, snow can't be used aslan. It's like ice, yani. Yeah? Okay? Cool. I think we'll call it there, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Yes, yes, yes. As opposed to right. So, what if I say to you that I don't hold the condition that you have to put your socks on immediately? Yeah, there's no evidence that one has to do that. Yeah. So, just to reiterate the question, the if a person makes wudu, then uh, if they want to make use of the uh, thing, is that shazak there? Oh, I'll try to again. Um, uh, if, we, if, you, if you want to wipe over socks and stuff, okay, do you, after you make wudu, have to put on the socks immediately? Or is it the case that you can put the socks on a couple of hours later as long as you are still in wudu? The answer is a second. As long as you are still in wudu and you haven't broken it, then you can put the socks on and then you can enjoy all of the benefits of wiping, so on. If you are in a haram, this is a common question, isn't it? If you are in a haram, and the time for salah is about to start, and nowadays you are so far away, then can you make tayammum and pray? I will let you guys answer that question. Okay, you heard the question? 
you're in a haram, it's time to pray, the adhan goes off, and you are so far away from the wudu areas, are you allowed to make tayammum and then pray? Come on and tell me. I think we even covered this, I think, in uh, uh, maybe year two, I think, whatever. Absolutely impermissible to make tiyammum in this situation. Absolutely impermissible. Okay? Because there is no lack of water, there's no lack of time, just a complete lack of planning. Isn't it? Yeah? Complete, yani, uh, uh, lameness. And not just on behalf of the questioner, actually we've all been there. All of us, yani, and then we realize that this is a complete fail. Or you're a pack like you know most of us are, and you just go upstairs to the the zamzam taps and then do a you know a pack job, yeah, which is not good. It's not good. All right, don't do that. <laughs> My God. But it's you know what it is. Let me tell you something. LP students they they can do it because when we do it we don't drop any water on the floor, do we? Sah? Because we do our ghusl in a small in our our wudu. We have a tiny amount of water, and so there's no water wasted. We don't make any mess, whatever. Or, or I'm just I'm not, not just saying that I've done this before, yani, okay? But I'm just giving you some advice. Yeah. Or you ask one of the cleaners to be there right with you, okay? And then as soon as it's done, if you drop anything, the guy does the ch ch yani, perfectly all job done, nice clean floor, nice and dry. Slip him a you know 50 real job, lovely jubbly. Allahu Akbar. Yeah? So, you know, it can be dealt with. And if you're not gonna if you're not gonna, you know, man up and, 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 and do it like that, then it's off to the uh, toilets and do it properly. Okay then. Uh, next question is um, if someone has a big cut that is covered by a bandage, which will be a big mission and a huge hassle to remove in order to uh, in order to do wudu. Does a person do wudu over the rest of the body and do mash on the bandage? Correct. That's exactly what they do. That is exactly what they do. Um, and then the rest of it is uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. And just Shazad trying to write something. If I command you to do something, then do whatever of it you can. Shazad, there, Yanni, writing it so that everyone can just copy and paste it. He's trying to say, he's basically trying to say that I'm going to forget. Yeah, I don't know what he means by that. And um, uh, I think that's all good. That's all good. Khalas. Zakmullah khair. Barakallah fiqh. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We can still do questions, yeah. Yeah. If there's any questions on any other uh, uh, topics or anything like that, then please feel free. We have a few minutes, and that's what I promised to everyone in the beginning of the class. And then, inshallah, I need to do a. Get out of here. Is it a written question? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be quite a few lessons.